needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. Fears and failures fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Average Joe's Media production of the Vlogcast. How do you feel about Jesus? I am the Average Joe Boo of Average Joe's Media, and we should be uh, we should see a little bit from the Average Joe tonight. He has uh, talked about being online and, and adding some comments and maybe moderating a little bit. But uh, tonight we are talking about another characteristic of Jesus, and we're talking about how Jesus is the complete embodiment of selflessness and being selfless. Um, you want to talk about things Jesus did whenever he was growing up, things he did while ever he was here. And, uh, and Jesus did pretty much anything and everything for us, for his disciples or apostles and for God. And, uh, there was very, very little that he did for himself. I mean, he ate to nourish himself and, um, you know, and, and he took care of himself uh, in terms of how most people take care of themselves today, uh, whether it be hygiene or, uh, or or health. He took care of that aspect of himself. But uh, but in terms of things he did, they were predominantly for everyone around him and for uh, and for furthering God's kingdom. And so uh, Jesus was again the complete embodiment of of selflessness. And so uh, we talk about in Luke, you see when he was 12 years old and they were in Jerusalem, they were heading back home and uh, his parents made it a day. Joseph and Mary, they made it a day's journey and Jesus was not with them. He was at, uh, he was in the temple. They make it back to Jerusalem and for three days um, they still hadn't found him. They found him in the temple with the scholars and uh, and he was asking questions. He was listening. He was learning. He was giving responses. And uh, and everybody was amazed at how uh, at how knowledgeable this young man was. And uh, and his parents, let's go. Like, where have you been? We have been trying to go home. And and his basic response to them was, I got to be about my father's business. Jesus was not in the temple for himself. Jesus was in the temple for God. And uh, and so then you, you, you flash forward a little bit to when he gets baptized by John. And in that story, you see John the Baptist there is, uh, is paving the way for Jesus and, and telling people 
there's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this guy, I'm doing this thing. You should be baptized in faith and, and, and I'm here to, to facilitate that. But there's coming one after me that's greater. And he's referring to Jesus. Well, Jesus comes down to where he's baptizing people and, uh, and John Baptist is like, whoa, 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 you need to be baptizing me. And Jesus was like, nope, nope. For now, right now, this needs to happen. You are paving the way, and I need to do this. And, and ultimately, what he was doing was, was fulfilling God's will, giving us that perfect example that we need to follow. And, uh, and you know, right after he come up out, comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit falls on him like a dove, and then, uh, and then you hear from God, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Um, and I think some versions, maybe, maybe every version, I'm not sure, but it says to hear him, hear ye him. And, uh, and so Jesus at that moment, he could have said, yeah, you're right. You're right, John. You are right. I need to baptize you. That is my role. I am the son of God and you need to understand your place. Jesus very well could have done that. He, he was powerful enough. He was, he was the man. He is the man. And, uh, and I think a lot goes to show that he is the man from the standpoint of he showed us how to be and that John was doing this and it was for, for purposes greater than just who Jesus was. It was purposes great. It was a heavenly purpose. And that's the reason why he had John do it. That was, that was the whole purpose behind it. So he, he took a step back. He was selfless in that act as well or in that, uh, in that event in his life. And so, um, and so, the Bible talks about being selfless, putting others first, um, thinking of yourself less, putting, thinking of God more, putting others before yourself, uh, loving others as much as or more than you love yourself, and some other things. And so, uh, so we're going to look at a few verses. Uh, before we do that, however, we're going to look at uh, just a basic Google definition of uh, maybe well, Google or Webster's. I, I don't know. Joe, the average Joe provided me with this definition, and I thought it was excellent. And so it says, uh, selfless or selflessness, um, it is concerning yourself with the needs and wishes of others, uh, uh, more with the needs of others and wishes of others than with one's own. And so here you're talking about where if you can maintain some, some vision to where you are less important than the people around you. Uh, or less important than everyone, then you should conduct yourself selflessly, and uh, and selflessness should pretty much be made manifest from the way that you act. If you have that opinion, where uh, where other people are in need of things, you may have some things, and we're going to kind of get to that. Uh, where if you have some things that other people need, then uh, then it's, it's you know. It's a selfless quality to give that to them. And so here in the Old Testament, Proverbs 19, verse 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. So here, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of seems like there's a there's a, a get behind this where um, where if you do something, then you get a bit of a reward. But, I mean, that should not be the focus. Okay, uh, Jesus was not doing something so he could be rewarded. 
uh, with being at the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, that's not Jesus's purpose, and so he, uh, you know, he did what was needed of him. And so we also see in Proverbs eleven verse twenty four and twenty five. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who... Water, waters will himself be... Okay, I, I started. <laughs> I started thinking I copied that thing wrong. That's funny. And so uh, this, is, this, is, this is why... This is why you should give. Um, this is why you should help. This is why you should be selfless. Because my major philosophy behind being selfless or, or trying to help people when they're in need is what happens to the day whenever I'm in need? And if I'm asking, if I did not give somebody something that I was able to give, then I'm just going to be sitting there in need and nobody's going to want to be helpful. At least that's that's what I have in mind. Now, there are people who will probably help regardless of things I've done in my past. But here you have the conversation of you reap what you sow. Uh and if you, you know, if you sow to the flesh, you of the flesh reap corruption. I don't know the verse, but I know that that's there. And so reaping what you sow and if you're sowing selflessness, then then you will in turn um you will in turn be um be rewarded in some in some capacity and i think that that holds very very true and uh and you know hopefully if someone is in need and i can supply it i try to do my very best to help with that and and you know hopefully it comes today where where i'm not in need that is everybody's hope where you hope that you're not ever in need but if the day comes when you are and you were you were stingy with what you had before you were in need What's to say you're going to be helped out whenever you are in need? And so there's a whole lot of uh, there's a whole lot of karma is kind of a, a word you can throw around here. Uh, and so being selfless has its own reward, and its own reward is is you help somebody else, and that's all that's necessary. That's all that's needed. There is a uh, there is a topic that we're going to be talking about doing things in secret. Okay, so uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, soon. But uh, if you do something and then you shout it out from the rooftops, I mean, we've already talked about humility. Um, you're, well, what's, what, are, what are you really doing that for? Are you doing that to be helpful? Are you doing that to do something uh, for someone else? Or are you doing that to be seen of others? And so there's a whole, there's a whole topic there. But, uh, but whenever you do things, do them in secret and... Uh, and, and you'll be rewarded openly. And so that, I believe that's also a Bible verse. But again, I'm, I'm not necessarily the best at memorizing and quoting the specific scriptures. And so the Old Testament discusses how we should be selfless and in what ways we should do it and, and reasons why we should do that. But here we have Jesus, uh, examples of him being selfless. We have here that uh, in 1 Peter 2, verse 24, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. And so in this verse, you have so many things going on. And if you talk about the entire story of Jesus and whenever He gave His life on the cross, 
there was the entire discussion uh, between him and God, the, the prayer between him and God when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was taken and put on trial and then put on the cross. He was saying, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, l- let it be. If, if I don't have to go through this excruciating, this excruciating experience, that's what I want. I, I would want that. Who, who is going to just not have a desire to not be put on a cross if that is their fate? And so, of course, Jesus had this, these moments where if he's talking to God, please, if there's any other way, let it be so. But he says, if this is the way, then it is your will, God. It is not mine. And so Jesus, yes, he, he does not want to be put up on a cross. He does not want to be scourged. He does not want to be ridiculed and despised by everybody. He wants, he, he wants some other way to happen, but he wants God's will first and foremost to be taken care of, and that was God's will. There had to be a perfect sacrifice for sin, and Jesus was that. And so Jesus, uh, not only in his act, his ultimate act of selflessness on the cross, uh, demonstrated this quality for us, but what he did was uh, he taught this as well. In Luke 6, verse 27, uh, through 36. I'm going to have to go here and read that. But but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father was merciful. And so, the average Joe gave me this uh, this context here, and I thought that this was excellent. And so, um, your basic idea here is is it is easy. It is extremely easy to do good, to love, to help those who help you. It is extremely easy to love those who love you. The difficult thing is extending that mercy or extending that helping hand to those who don't love you, maybe don't even know you. The word enemies maybe is a little bit harsh, maybe a little bit too uh, too specific sounding, but if you just think about uh, the, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. The word enemies here can very easily be the, your, the people around you, your neighbors. These people don't know you and very well could be an enemy to you. They could be seeking ill towards you in some capacity. But we are told that if, if we do only good to people who only do good to us, if we love people who only love us, then, then we really have no credit. Um, the first thing that popped up into my mind was Hitler. 
<laughs> Hitler loved the people who loved him. He did not love his enemies at all in any way, shape, or form. He made people his enemies just by just because of who they were and where they were from. And so you in, in this verse, to me, it's saying you are no better than Hitler in terms of selflessness. Now, that might be a stretch, but I'm putting it out there, okay? This is on the Facebook Live, okay? And so, uh, but that's, I mean, basically, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing that, that just because somebody loves you and you love them, that's kind of expected. However, if somebody who knows nothing about you and you love them, you do loving things toward them, it has a great benefit to you. And so we keep going here with, uh, with selflessness. Here, this is not Jesus preaching anymore. This is now his apostles are teaching selflessness. And in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And so this ultimately is basically the same type of, of context that we saw back in Proverbs. If you, ha- if, you, uh, if, you, if you give little, then you can kind of expect little in return from whomever that may be um, whenever you're in need. And so uh, another another thing I meant to say this whenever that uh, that Luke passage was up, but um, one of the one of the things a buddy of mine, a guy named Eric Rucker, love this guy, love his whole family. He uh, there was a time whenever my truck got towed because I was not very smart. I parked in the covered parking of an apartment complex at, at a buddy's house when we went to go play some cards, and. Uh, and it got towed about five minutes before I walked outside. And so somebody um, somebody in the apartment complex said, oh, that may have been your truck that was driving or that was being hauled off. And I was just completely defeated. And so uh, and so credit to Eric here. He, he looked at me and he's like, how are you getting home? And I said, well, God gave me two legs, I guess. <laughs> and so... He said, "That's you know, that's ridiculous. You're far away from home. Let's take you to uh, let's take you to the place and get your truck back." And uh, this was a time wherever I was not very. Um, I, I had some I had some financial issues. You know, we were uh, um, with ki- young kids, and uh, a lot of money was potentially in debt or uh, tied up in credit cards and all this other stuff. You know how young young married couples are, and so. Uh, and so I, he said, how are you going to pay for it? I was like, well, I'm probably going to have to put it on a credit card. And it was a couple hundred bucks. I don't remember exactly how much. And, it, you know, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter. But, uh, but Eric came up to me and he said, uh, he said, here, I'm, I'm going to take care of this for you. And I said, no, not that, I, I don't want you to do that. And he said, well, there's no other, there's no other way without putting you further in debt. And he knew, he knew, kind of knew my situation a little bit. And, uh, and I said, well, I'll, I'll pay you back when I can. And he said, and he told me this, and this is what has resonated with me ever since that day. And this was about eight years ago or so. Uh, at least it feels like it was about eight years ago. And uh, he said, 
if you have the ability to pay me back and you feel like you need to pay me back, do that. But Eric said, I don't, I don't want you to. I don't want you to give me any money unless you feel like you need to. And if you can take that money that you were going to give to me and help somebody else out, do that. And so any time that I have felt the need to help somebody out or somebody has felt the need to reach out and ask for help, um, my, my comments to them are, I don't want you to pay me back. If you want to, great, whatever. You know, if that makes you feel better, then fine. But I don't expect this to be returned to me because ultimately it was money that I had or it was something that I had. It may not have been money, but uh, it was something that I had that I didn't need at the time and uh, or, or potentially ever. And so I said, here you go. Take this. Do with it what you need to do with it and, uh, and you know, and take care of you. And it's very difficult to have that mindset, and that's only been in the last couple of years, and I'm 35 years old. It's very difficult to have that mindset of not feeling like you need to be paid back. And uh, because, let's face it, money, things, they're, uh, they're valuable to us in our eye, you know. But, uh, but if you think about it, we can't take any of it with us. So if we can do something for the good to help somebody else, that is where the benefit comes. That is where the... That is where the after this life is over, that's where we're going to be benefited. And so we continue here in Acts 20, verse 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed blessed to give than to receive. And so this is something where you hear on a regular basis, uh, you hear this more often in uh, in Christmas time, and so um, I just kind of went back to that verse without thinking about it. So I'll come to Romans here in a second, but uh, but you hear it's more blessed to give than to receive, and that's because uh, that's because of that idea of expecting something in return. And if you can, in some capacity, give without expecting something in return, it is doing much more benefit not only to you but to those around you. And it is setting an example that is Christ-like. In Romans 12, verse 10, Love one another with brotherly affection. Uh, outdo one another in showing honor. And so I like this. It kind of sounded a little bit uh, a little bit showy. But, uh, but in, in this regard here, when you show honor, you don't say, look how, honor, look how honorable I am. You, you have a a level of humility about yourself that keeps you um, that keeps you honorable. If you're shouting from the rooftops, look how honorable I am, you're not necessarily being that honorable. So that's that takes that same concept of doing things in secret and uh, and and being rewarded open or being rewarded, yeah, being rewarded openly. And so um, so outdo one another in showing honor. And that is just another way of saying be more selfless than the people around you. Do everything you can to outdo people in selflessness, in humility, in any of these other characteristics we've talked about. I think this is maybe the sixth week, and uh, fifth or sixth, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, but so many of these qualities, and I've talked about this so many times throughout any of these videos, is that they they hinge upon the other one. 
So love hinges upon all these other things, or all these other things hinge upon love. Uh, forgiveness, and uh, and and forgiveness, humility, uh, strength, all this stuff, strength that Jesus provides for us. All these things are tied together, and so uh, here you're going to see how humility plays a role here in uh, in Philippians two verses one. Through we're actually going to look at basically verses one through eight. So we have therefore, if any of you, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, have the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And so, in verse three. We have that we are to do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. I don't see how that's anything less than just utter selflessness. And then in verse 4, let me pull it up here, in verse 4, we have let each of you look not only to his own interests. This just basically reiterates what it said in verse 3. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. And that's basically the definition that we get from Webster. Webster probably pretty much took all those words and just said, you know what, I'm going to make those my own. And so we have that... Being that person, being someone who is not seeking his own is is extremely important. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna connect love here. If you talk about first Corinthians thirteen, I believe it's first Corinthians thirteen, the greatest gift. First uh, Corinthians thirteen verse four. I'm just going to read it here off the screen. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And here you have love tied so closely together with selflessness. Love. If you are loving, you are not seeking your own interests. There is just no way to to be loving and be self-seeking. And so uh, in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we're going to continue on in this, uh, in this verse or these verses. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through, uh, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And so that that whole section there, Philippians 2, is an excellent, excellent context that discusses Jesus and his selflessness and the example that he set. Now, none of us can None of us can live up to that type of selflessness. First of all, none of us are Jesus. None of us are the Son of God directly in terms of the way Jesus is the Son of God. Um, you you have the idea that um, Christians 
are brothers and sisters of Christ. So in that regard, if we're brothers and sisters of Christ, then we're sons and daughters of God. But uh, but we were not we were not born of a virgin. Um, we, we there's no way, shape, or form that I'm trying to compare us to to Jesus in actuality. But uh, but we have we have this thing where we can try to emulate this. We can try to live selflessly. We can try to put others first, and hopefully we're all trying to do that. I know it is very, very difficult to do that. If you have kids, it's maybe a little bit easier to, to see yourself when you put yourself before them or when you put yourself before others because, um, because for the most part, when you're at home, you're trying, if, you're, if you're trying to raise them and trying to set a good example for them, you're trying to put them before yourself. And, uh, and if you can see yourself doing that for them, then you should be able to see yourself doing that for others. Um, Galatians 5, verse 13, For you were called to freedom. Not only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And so in that verse, their service to one another is where the selflessness comes in. Selflessness is, again, very difficult to do without trying to be, um, without being selfless. It's very difficult to serve in a selfish, with a selfish mentality. And so, uh, I got all kinds of buzzers going off tonight. I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, an, another verse here in the New Testament, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Here we have seeing that we are tied to being a godly or a righteous person by if we give, if we help, if we put others' needs in front of our own, or if we don't. How is that love? How is that righteousness? How is those those type of characteristics that we need to exhibit uh, holiness, be set apart? How does that reside in us at all? In Hebrews 13, verse 2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby... Some have entertained angels unaware. And so here you have that, uh, you have this verse and you have others like, uh, um, I don't know the verse, but uh, Jesus is talking about um, giving, giving little children or little, yeah, little children water. And, uh, and, uh, Man, it's it's losing. I'm losing it, but it's in, it's early in Matthew, and uh, the the children are kind of being um, maybe ridiculed a little bit. And Jesus was like, "No, no, 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 don't don't do that." Actually, matter of fact, why don't you why don't you feed them and and give them something to drink as well? Because that's that's what we do. That's what Christians do. Um, and then last last verse I want to look at here. Is in or the context, if you want to call it context. First Peter three verse eight nine, and then we'll jump down to eighteen. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. And then, if you jump down, for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. 
here this is this is basically one way that you can just demonstrate selflessness it is extremely easy to whenever somebody does something against you it is extremely easy to jump to conclusions and do something against them it is it is taking some some form of vengeance being vengeful and god god says you know what let me be vengeful vengeance is mine says the lord i don't know the verse but it's there and uh in no way shape or form should you be trying to return evil for evil and but on the contrary blessing for blessing somebody gives you a blessing you should be returning that blessing whether it be to them or paying it forward to someone else and so uh and so again in that verse i'll put it up there again but uh we're called we're called to that we're called to giving blessings upon blessings and uh, and returning blessings for blessings that we may inherit a blessing and a promise from God and so Jesus is selfless there is no question about how selfless you have to be in order to go through what he went through at the end of his life at the end of his life on earth before he was resurrected, he put himself through that because it was God's will and because it was the only thing that could get us back to reconciliation with God. It was the only way for Jesus to be that mediator between us and God that we need. Uh, the word propitiation is a word that's used quite a bit. And, uh, and there's no way, there is no way that we could be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb without the Lamb. And so Jesus is the complete embodiment of selflessness. And um, and if you in any capacity can find yourself a way to be selfless, Jesus is the ultimate example. He always has been and always will be. If He can do what He did, then we can do something. We can do something that's on that scale. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that we can compare ourselves specifically to Jesus. He, he was, he's so great, and, his, and everything he has is, is so high, and it is unattainable. Jesus is that perfect sacrifice in every one of us sin. But, uh, but Jesus, Jesus it, it's, it's a spectrum. I mean, if any way, shape, or form we can be on the spectrum of Jesus, then how can that be something? Uh, how can that be something that that can be taken from us? And so, I have one one final verse that I wanna that I wanna look at. It's very well known. It's in Philippians chapter four, verses eight. Very very well known. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And so uh, here, if there's anything, if there's anything that I give you in any of these videos, if there's anything that uh, that you can take from something that either I say or maybe that happens in the comments, which... If there are, there are. If they're not, that's okay too. But uh, if there's anything worth 
worth thinking about, if there's anything worth pondering, if there's anything praiseworthy in any way, shape, or form, it all goes it all goes to God, or it should. And that's the only purpose for this. This is supposed to be the Monday night encouragement. I completely put it off and didn't even think about it until about 6 o'clock, and Joey said, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oops, I, com- I completely forgot. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it tomorrow night. And hopefully, hopefully tomorrow comes, and I can. And uh, and that's okay. That happens. Everybody kind of gets caught up. And so, or at least I'm going to justify that to myself. I got caught up, and I forgot. But tonight, hopefully I made it up, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I did a good job. Hopefully I knocked it out of the park. But uh, you know what? If I didn't, I'll, I'll settle for a single. Okay? But, uh, but guys, if there's anything that can help build you up, that is the sole purpose of this vlogcast and I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hashtag vlogcast but uh if there's anything anything honorable if there's anything that can help help you be encouraged that is what this is for think on those things think on them get them get help you through the week help you until next Monday or Tuesday whenever I come back on hopefully you like listening to this hopefully you get something out of this that is uh that helps you with with your race that helps you with your life and uh, and your religious um, views or your religiousness, if you want to call it that, and so um, and so being selfless like Jesus, being loving like Jesus, being humble like Jesus, being um, I forgot the last couple that we've done, uh, but going to Jesus for strength. These are all things that we as Christians should be doing. And hopefully we're trying to attain some measure of that on a daily basis. Um, but this is, how do you feel about Jesus? By the average Joes. Tune in next time.